Circuit Cast with your host, Mark Amory. Kia ora Koto, welcome to Circuit Cast. Well, we're here in Auckland at uh, AUT for our critical panel for this week's podcast. This is where we uh, take apart, praise, look at the different aspects of an exhibition that's on. And this week we are looking at Invisible Energy. It's in Paul Street Gallery here at AUT. And I'd like to welcome our panel members today, Assistant Professor in Design here, Dr. Mark Jackson. Kia ora. Kia ora. Uh, And also coming to the pod for the very first time, an artist and co-runner of Fuzzy Vibes, it's uh, Emil Dreiberg. Kia ora. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about what is Fuzzy Vibes up there in K Road. Fuzzy Vibes is a, the word at the moment is independent art space, but you could also just call it an artist-run space. That's a sort of tradition in which it sits. Uh, and it's on Karangahapi Road and we curate a quick program, tend to be two-week exhibitions or one-night events. Um, and while we primarily support visual artists, we also support increasingly musicians and writers. Very good, very good summary. Enough of a plug. Let's get on to the show. Invisible Energy features six Japanese artists. Now I'm going to read a little bit from the, uh, from the promo sheet for this. It's been curated by Haruko Horishi, Charlotte Halson and Vera May. And it says in here, Invisible Energy's focus is on the social response of new media and the effects it has on human interactions in a contemporary context. It also says the recent 311 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami add complexities to the challenge of how to read and interpret contemporary art from Japan. These were quite big things to be introducing, I thought, in regards to this exhibition. Um, just in, in a very snappy beginning sense, I want to get a sense from both of you what you thought in terms of how the exhibition kind of matched that theme. I um, found Invisible Energies to be very elusive with respect to particularly um, the theme of the earthquake not, and mm. tsunami. Not that I expected to have work that was depicting aspects of it, but in terms of what they're, they're saying, uh, challenges to how to read and interpret contemporary art in response, in a broad response, I found that elusive to actually... Ghana. And I wondered at a certain moment why the reference to the earthquake and tsunami. Emil? I think Elusive describes my experience very well. I think I walked in sort of with a sense of that thematic terrain that they had laid out with that earthquake um, uh, in that first paragraph and, and I was really perplexed. The only work which seemed to even kind of consider that proposition was Erika uh, Kobayashi. I don't think I would agree with that. I mean, looking at the Noboko Toshikya sculpture work, it seemed to be completely about a kind of response to a kind of a society that is, I don't know, in this kind of very tenuous, infected, damaged kind of state. Mm, no, for me, those were just materially limp sculptures. I really... Materially limp? Mm. I think they were quite limp. It's the word I would use. I, I really mm. got very little from them. Although the one in the window, I think, has a certain kind of beauty to it. I think the sculptures inside were really underwhelming. They put me in mind of my experiences in first year sculpture work at Elam, um, which is a kind of scarring memory of cast draperies and <laughs> steel <laughs> rods prodding through things. It was a nightmare. I don't know, I found them a little bit, I, I mean I agree, I didn't think they were particularly strong. But I guess coming back to the theme, they didn't really yeah, tie the, in yeah. very strongly in terms the, of this the, premise. The, the elusive resonance for me and there, there was definitely a resonance, was that I found this kind of predominance across the video works to have a concern with witness and testimony. That is an engagement with uh, tell me your fantasies 
and we'll enact them. That is, will you testify to something and how will we bear witness to it? And that question about witnessing and testimony in relation to a kind of cultural framework where there has been a catastrophe presents the question of how does one bear witness to catastrophe and how does one give testimony around catastrophe and to what extent does the opening of a field of fantasy fill up a kind of void in that. Yeah, but you're kind of reading that over as well, aren't you? I mean, to me, the show was very tenuous in terms of how it dealt and responded to that. And even this idea that this is a show that, as it says, that sort of responds to how new media is coming to contemporary art, it felt very, very light and inconsistent. Oh, yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything particularly innovative in relation to the question of... I mean, you've got a video work that's responding to Facebook feeds and other that's responding to what uh, Japanese women are leaving on online chat forums. But really, it was kind of it for me. I found that source material that they were working from, those social media collections and also the chat rooms, I I found those sites really interesting and I thought there was a lot of possibility in that investigation. But I think when they were translated into those video works... I think that translation was just very unsatisfying. I was largely underwhelmed, even though I could understand the appeal of some of the terrain that they were looking at. I was interested in the Miro Kazumi work. I liked that slightly, at times, sadistic or predatory internal monologue of a pedestrian. I I think there was a strange resonance there, and I was quite affected by the piece. I was slightly less intrigued by the reverse image of the projection which was of a balaclavered face perhaps in front of a computer Mm. screen maybe, I'm not sure, it's a bit hard to read but I found the image it didn't evoke much for me I I thought it didn't add a great deal to the um, very evocative um, snippets of pedestrian life in Tokyo So this is quite interesting, I I mean I found that actually quite powerful in terms of this kind of sense where you had these running static bursts of personal confessions at the bottom of the screen interspersed with like uh, uh, streetscape moving image. Uh, I, I thought that disjuncture between the, the personal conf- confession and the kind of emotional outburst in this kind of really compressed way, mixed with these just kind of banal street scenes, quite a powerful oscillation, I guess, between the private and the public mm. and this unexpressed stuff that comes out online. Absolutely. Uh, and so, in terms of public private space, I think that really yeah, yeah, quite so, powerful. But, but do you think it presents something of a a little bit of a kind of cliché around the notion of the hysterical culture in Tokyo today? Oh, no, I, I didn't think of it as a Japanese thing, particularly, actually. I saw it as a very universal expression of, of our lives uh, of, in, in, of, in an urban, of, environment of urban environment where we spend a lot of time online and then in these kind of quite yeah. soulless public um, situations. I found it to be hysterical. And it's not that hysteria itself is a pejorative term to define the work, but it was bordering on aspects of cliched hysteria, and that's what I found troublesome. Ah, uh, okay. Um, it was as if it couldn't actually break through the formulas that it had contrived to describe a, um, a, a kind of distorting world and actually comment on its own right. constructions. Six artists, three curators. I wondered if it was a little bit of a case of the curators getting too much in front of the work and trying to 
find a way it's through something time, together. Trying to massage a body of work into a theme or a series of thematics that ends up being a little bit hollow, a little bit um, forced, maybe? Is that what you're thinking? I'm yeah. thinking, yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting, you mentioned you found the 3D work to be kind of limp and reminiscent of the old days in first year sculpture. It's a slightly mean dig, but yeah, I see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I get that, but I wonder if it's in part because of the install and mm. going back to, to mm. the point you made about the, um, the spacings and the different kinds of disconnects spatially didn't help bringing an intensive flow between our works. We recognised that one of the works for a sensorial reason had to be partitioned off Yes, yes, um, the meadow, and, 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 yes. And in that closing off, it increasingly segmented what we might call the resonant energy in their work that's supposedly coming together to give us a sense of a contemporary society. Okay. So was there something you particularly liked in this show? I actually liked the performance work that was done in Auckland. You know, with the... Um, uh, that was... Um, Yoshinari Nishiya? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoshinari yes, I like Nishiya. I actually thought it's extremely simple work to do. So let's explain it. So the performance basically was this artist would approach people in the public space here in Auckland and ask them to wear her clothes and to swap the clothes. Yes. And, and then she would photograph herself wearing that person's clothing and that the, other, the, other, the person she had just met for the first time in, in, in her clothes. And then we were presented with these, these portraits of all of yes. these, these so, different so, so there's this... Um, wall in the foyer of the gallery that's maybe four metres high by about three metres wide and it's covered in these panels of the twin images so we continually see the artist in the clothing of, of the person they had invited to do the clothing well. we see that person in their clothing one thing I liked about it was if you like the underworked quality of it what do you mean underworked? the simplicity of the project whereas I thought some of the video works, in as much as I, I might call them slightly historically contrived, they're kind of overworking, right. working, to, working hard, right. whereas this one was working quite easily. The result, when you're actually surveying this wall of, of images, is, um, is, is kind of enlivening. It's as if something is revealed about the person who's swapped the clothing, not simply because they're now in somebody else's clothes, but because you actually see their clothes for the first time. Emil, was it to yours, or was it just like a bad K road art approach, student art project? Yeah, I, I had my concerns, to be honest. I, I, I did felt interested, or I had some sort of sense of connection to that moment of transferring your own garments, your own cultural kind of decisions onto another person as an exchange. That moment was interesting. I, I thought that moment had something to it. But then it was the translation into a gallery space for me where the disconnect became quite problematic. And I found the sort of most process of map making of the performance quite didactic and also haphazard. I thought the collection of material that the artist decided to exhibit in that foyer area had a real sort of casual, not in the sense of, um, of um, effortless casual, but in the sense of sort of indifferent, thoughtless casual. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Interesting point. Um, and yes, yes. Um, because it it now makes me think about <clears throat> that comment I made at the beginning uh, of our discussion around witnessing and testimony. 
And what is the difference between the two and the extent to which that process of witnessing is a performative encounter? Say, would it have been enough simply to do it in the street and not actually have to bring something back to the gallery? Or would it have been enough for the artist to have encountered the, um, uh, uh, the fantasy field of housewives and not actually make the work to be shown in a... That is, what is that connect or disconnect between witnessing and, and testimony? And to what extent um, are the, um, uh, these kind of um, artistic productions or these different mediums attempts at, at finding a, um, a viable and energetic figuring of the testament, of, of giving testimony to something? And maybe that giving testimony is always a failed project because it never can uh, equate to the palpable framing or the palpable experiencing of the witnessing itself. But if we if we forgive, if we if we frame that as a as a, a moment which is almost untranslatable, or I'm not quite sure of the exact word you used. Um, we almost forgive the artist of their most important role, which is to translate, which is to mm. provide some conveyance. Mm. Um, and I don't think we should do that. <laughs> I guess we're locking into the, the conveyance of the work rather than the substance or the sort of concept of the piece, uh, which I think we're all sort of agreeing on some level has, has some real interesting elements to it. And I think that's where I locked into a lot of moments in the show was... I could sort of see an underbelly of something that was really fascinating, uh, some cultural world or some exchange or some transmission which had a lot of potential, and yet it was in the sort of conveyance from the idea um, into the gallery space that something lacklustre occurred, something um, limp. Yeah, occurred. yeah, yeah. And in, in, in that respect, the initial proposition, which is around the social resonances of this media... That is, if we think of the mediums as the conveying, as the conveyances, then there's something around that initial proposition that kind of failed to deliver on the intensity of this um, invisible energy. Yet, I think we would all say that in spite of that failure, we get a sense that that intensive energy had something to offer. And maybe it's the, it's the project of failure that is the viable one. I think it's a dangerous place to overly poeticize or, or um, congratulate failure. I think artists are quite good at um, turning the potential of an idea or the, the, the experience of failure into a space of profound... Um, um, profound kind of truth as an artist or a profound sort of um, acceptance of the, the wrought task of an artist. Mm-hmm. But when that project is around catastrophe, perhaps that that then compounds the question. Um, uh, yeah, interesting proposition. Mm. Well, thank you, thank you to both of you. Uh, thank you to Mark and to Emil for um, talking to us about invisible energy here on the podcast. Thank you for joining us on Circuitcast, and thank you, Mark, for inviting us. Yeah, yeah thank you. It's a real uh, pleasure yeah. to be invited. Fantastic, and uh, thank you to Crave New Zealand for supporting us, and to uh, to Lao Talong for the music today. Thanks for joining us here on the pod. Thank you.